Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 2, and uh, it starts at verse 1. And it says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked him, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time in which the star had appeared. And he said to them, Bethlehem is where he sent them. And he said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, then come back and report this to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. There's something beautiful about this story in that we are in this uh, series that concludes today called Let There Be Joy. And in every moment in the story of the Christmas story, we, the birth of a savior of Jesus, there are these moments of joy that are being exclaimed. And this is no different for the wise men. The scriptures tell us that these wise men traveled most likely from um, Iran or Iraq and made their way and followed all of their time in the desert to the star that God had put in the sky. Sometimes we like to think that these wise men were astrologers. They were people who were alchemists. They were people who were instructed in the ways of science and, and were able to do things that had, they had been trained for centuries to do. 
We know this because the scriptures even tell us something interesting about them. Like how were they able to even look for the star or to know that the star would be in the sky? And there was a time in which the Israelites were taken into captivity. And during that time, there was someone who had been elevated to an, a prominent place in the kingdom of Babylon. And that was Daniel. And what's interesting about this story is that the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 2, in verse 48, that the king placed Daniel in a high position and then lavished many gifts on him. And the scriptures tell us that he made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and then placed him in charge, look at this, of all its wise men. And I want you to see that for generations, these wise men had been prepared to look for a sign of the Messiah. Now they weren't Hebrews, they weren't Jews, they were not people who would call themselves believers in one God. They were polytheistic, they believed in many gods. They looked at all the gods and they looked at all the signs and they looked at all of them with interest. But they also looked at and looked for the God of Daniel. And the time would come when in the following generations, wise men would be born into the same tradition of all the wise men that had come before them. And now they too would be told and reminded of the prophecies of a king who would be different from all kings. And when that king would be born, it would be different than any king who had ever been born. And it would be different than any kingdom that had ever been established. And that this king would be a king worthy to make a journey for. And when the star finally appeared, they knew because they had been instructed in the ways of Daniel as it had been passed down according to the understanding of the Hebrew scriptures. And they had held this knowledge for generations until the time would come when Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. Isn't that amazing? And these wise men would travel and come and they would be there to worship at the appointed time in which the star would appear. The scriptures tell us that Herod was troubled. Now you may not know this, but to rise to the kingdom of Israel as king, you have to be born of the house of David. But Herod, Herod was an was not of that kingdom. He was not of that house. And Herod was always fearful that he could be dethroned by someone who would come and lay claim to a throne that he knew he had been given, but was not rightfully his. So he was always fearful of this. And when we discover that Herod actually came from the lineage of Esau, 
There was a story of two twins in the Bible of Esau and Jacob. And Jacob was the one who wanted the birthright and Esau was the one who didn't care about it. Herod comes from the lineage of Esau who didn't care about the birthright in the same way that Jacob did. Jacob's name gets changed to Israel. And what we see is that there is a king in Israel who has no right to be king. And he comes from a house and a lineage that he has no right to be king of and from. And so the Bible tells us that Herod was troubled, but yet the wise men were joyful. And I think that whenever we are living with our conscience clear, I think we, we can experience joy. Isn't that true? I think when our conscience is not clear, we, feel, we don't feel like we're good even in moments when we're supposed to be good. I think what we're supposed to be doing in those moments is that we're supposed to be kind of like paying attention to the inner voice of our own conscience and, and being aware of, of what it is that could possibly go wrong. I look at people who are peaceful and I see people who are not living with guilt. I see people who are living free. I, I know that it's not because we're always doing right, but it's because we know how we can make things right, how we can come before God and, and, and be made right again. And what Herod didn't have that peace. Herod was always troubled because he was always trying to control his outcomes. He was always trying to control his future. He was always trying to make sure that no one would take what was his. He was always fearful that someone else would come and dethrone him. And many of us live exactly like that. We're always anxious. We're always worried. We're always concerned. We're always disturbed. Someone comes with good news and, and we can only see the, the, the negative side of it. Someone comes with something positive to share and we can only hear that which is wrong and how it affects us negatively. And we can't even rejoice with the people who are rejoicing. And Herod here, he's, he's faking it. He doesn't care like the wise men care. He's just disturbed because he knows that he's no longer going to be possibly in control of his future and his outcomes. Are you, are you fearful of your future? Are you fearful of your outcomes? Are you fearful of what comes next? You know, sometimes we can ignore it. We can just ignore it so that it doesn't bother us. That's not any better. We can say we don't care. That's not any, any better. What God wants you to experience, no matter what is happening in your life, is, is, is joy. And he says, this is how you can experience it. You can experience it when you put your faith and trust in me. That's what these wise men did. They had to travel from far away. It was a perilous journey. It was filled with danger. And yet they were still filled with joy. And I look at this and I say, God, you're teaching us something. And one of the things that he's telling us in this story is that Herod was a king that wanted to remain king. And I look at you and me and, and the way that we live life and what we're trying to always do is not just lose our status and our position, but we're trying to grow in our status and our position. We're trying to advance. We're trying to grow. Many of us look at this changing of the calendar year from 2023 to 2024 as a time in which we can do things 
just better. We, we can get a fresh start, have a clean slate, like just do things differently and experience something new than anything that we've experienced before. And there's something about this, this shift in our minds that happens with the changing of a calendar. It comes with this renewed sense of hope. But what if we always had that hope? Every day we wake up with a hope that was placed in Jesus, in his birth, in his arrival, in his presence, in his ability to be king. And, and we wouldn't be so concerned of, of being kings and queens and, and holding on to our kingdoms and, and holding on to our status and our position like Herod did, but relinquish that and be willing to worship someone other than ourselves and our plans and our goals and our aspirations and put our faith in something greater than ourselves, or the economy or who's in government or the conditions of our society or what's happening in terms of war and peace in many parts of the world. Whatever it is that is troubling us, whatever it is that makes us feel like we are not in charge of a kingdom that others are and they're doing a terrible job at it. And maybe ourselves and what we're going through in terms of how we've managed our year and managed our life. What if we did things the way the wise men did and left everything behind and moved at the sign that God would give us to go and worship a king instead of being in the presence of a false king. The wise men, when they arrive at Herod, know he is not the king they are looking for. And I think there's a wisdom in that, in that we, we know when we're in front of something that is counterfeit, when something is fake, when someone has power, they have prestige, they, they have position, but they're not the king that we're supposed to worship. The wise men knew that when they stopped at Herod, he wasn't the one. They knew they had to keep going on their journey. And many of us stop and we worship the wrong thing. We worship the wrong person. We worship the wrong experience. And what God is saying is that don't be like that. Be like the wise men who kept traveling until they finally made it into the presence of Jesus. God wants you to continue your journey until you stop in the presence of Jesus. The wise men weren't kings and they're often called the kings. Did you notice that? In our tradition, they're often called the kings. They're called kings, but they weren't. They were sent by a king. They were given permission by a king, a different king. And they were in search of a king, the true king. And the Bible tells us in the King James Version of the scriptures that they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. There was an abundance of joy. It was the greatest level of joy that they could possibly have. I don't know, think back on your life and think about the moment in which you were filled with the most joy possible where you had this exceedingly great joy. Maybe you're struggling with that right now. You're thinking, actually, I've never experienced that. <laughs> I've never had a moment quite like that. I'm still waiting for it. Just recently, someone in Quebec, for the third time this year, uh, won the Lotto Max, $50 million. If that happened to you, would you be filled with exceedingly great joy? Probably, right? Probably, right? 
that there are moments in our life that are so unique, something like that would probably do it. And, and, and someone who would look at wealth as the measure by which we would experience exceedingly great and abundant joy, we understand that that's probably the only thing that would do it. Us being able to walk into our job and say, I quit. I don't need this anymore, you know? Even though, you know, I look at what our, our poor teachers have been going through in this last month and, and parents with them. Uh, can we pray that the strike comes to an end? Can we pray that our teachers get paid properly? Can we do that? Can we really do that and support them? I think it's ridiculous what's happening in that regard. And, and we look at that and we say, how can we be filled with joy at this time of the year? Everything costs so much. There's so many things that are tied. And you'll notice that a lot of our joy is tied to our finances, wouldn't you say? They say that one of the main reasons why couples are fighting and, 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 and fight and end up in, in splitting up and divorcing is over finances. It's one of the things that people argue the most about. And I, and I get it because it's such an important way for us to experience a level of safety and stability and security. There's something that's directly linked with that. And yet we see that these wise men come bearing incredible gifts. I mean, if there were three things that had the highest market value, it was the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. If there were three things that would demonstrate wealth and prosperity and abundance, it would be those three things. In that day, in that society, there were no greater gifts than what the wise men were bringing. And I look at us and I say, we've got this, this, this poverty mindset. We have a scarcity mindset. And you're thinking, no, no, it's because I am poor and it is, I, things are scarce. I, I don't disagree with that. There are moments when I'm experiencing that same scarcity. My wife is, hasn't, isn't getting paid either, you know? It's not like it's just happening to you, it's happening to us. And sometimes when that, those things happen, it's like, you know, there's a, there's a mindset of fear that can creep in. There's a scarcity mindset that can happen that we can then carry that and it robs us of our joy. But when things are not going right, we need to keep worshiping the God who gave us a savior who sent us a redeemer, who brought us a deliverer, who gave us a provider, who gives us everything that we need. And we'll only discover it if we pass all the false kings and all the fears and make our way to the manger once again and say, Jesus, I put my faith in you and I bring my best gifts to you. I put my trust in you. I'm not gonna worry about all these other things. I'm gonna put my faith and confidence in you because I know that you can take care of me. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, that we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And that's exactly what happened with the wise men. They believed in that prophetic message and they left their country to make their way to the king. I believe that God is still speaking to us prophetically. I believe that he's calling out for us to believe in his prophecies and his declarations and his promises over our lives all the time. 
And when we don't pay attention to those things, then it, we lose our joy. But what brings joy back into our lives is us believing in the prophetic message. It's believing in the prophecies that have been declared, not just over the life of Jesus, but are being declared into our own life as well. And the Bible tells us, and you will do well to pay attention to it. Because when we pay attention to it, look what happens. It's like a light shining in a dark place. You see, the wise men were able to leave the place they were in and follow the light which was in the sky that was shining in a very dark place in their life, in their country, on their journey. No matter what they faced, the light kept shining. And when we put our faith in Jesus, the light keeps shining. It keeps leading us prophetically forward. It brings us exactly where we need to be. God is leading us, but we have to believe that he's leading us. We have to believe in what he's already said, what he's already sent, what he's already sending to each of us. And so I'm going to ask God that he leads me out of my dark place and leads me into a place of joy because he has prophetically spoken over my life and over your life already. I don't need to stay where I am in sadness. I can have exceedingly great joy because on this day, a savior has been born. And I will follow that star all the way to my victory. I will follow it all the way to my breakthrough. I will follow it to the blessing that God's already promised. And at a distance of hundreds of years from the time that Daniel was in their midst, you'll see that these wise men, they're not looking for Daniel to return. But his words... And the things that he taught him from the scriptures brought them to the one who would one day be born. And today we are being brought to that very place. Once again, we are at the place where Jesus is born in the story. And they're able to worship him. They're able to do what we are now able to do ourselves. You know what joy does? Well, joy runs over. And the reason that joy runs over is because they don't just show up, but they bring gifts. And in giving your greatest gifts to the one true king, you are saying, I can trust God with that which is most expensive and most precious to me. Sometimes what that is, is our hopes and our dreams. Sometimes what that is, is our goals and our visions and our prayer requests. Sometimes what that is, is our aspirations and our hopes for the future, not just for the present, but for the future. Sometimes it's, it's coming to Jesus right now and saying, these are my gold, these are my frankincense, and this is my myrrh. This is what I'm bringing to you. And when you, when you sacrifice your greatest gifts, you know what God does? He gives you even greater gifts. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't take from you. Every time you make room for God, God gives you more. That's how it works. You hold on to it, you lose it. But when you give it and you entrust him for it and for your future with it, God entrusts you with more. He gives you more. And those gifts become a blessing to others. 
Those gifts that they brought to Jesus sustained his family for years. For generations, they were able to move out of Bethlehem and go and hide in Egypt for two full years. While Herod was hounding him and trying to hurt him and, and pursuing him to kill him, those gifts were sustaining Joseph, Mary, and Jesus while they were hiding. And they would be able to move back into a city where no one would ever search them out, never look for them, because it would be the worst place to live, the worst neighborhood, and the city with the worst reputation, and that place would be Nazareth. And Jesus would be able to grow up in Nazareth for, for the next 28 years of his life, and no one ever paid attention to him until it was time for him to step out in ministry. And everything that the wise men had brought had sustained them for their lives until he was ready to step out and do what needed to be done. I want you to think about how when you take your gifts and you bring them to Jesus, how God will sustain you every day, no matter what your journey brings. Can you say amen to that? You trust God for that? If you can believe it in the story, can you believe it for yourself in your story? See, this story is about how we can trust God and have joy no matter what the circumstances are. And we can live that joy knowing that there is no better place to be than in the presence of the one true King. God bless you guys and Merry Christmas. Hey, we're just gonna wrap things up with a prayer and I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back. They're gonna have one more Christmas song. You wanna hear that? I think so. And I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. And at the end of this gathering, if there's someone before you leave today, um, if you'd like to be uh, prayed over, um, if you'd like to be anointed with oil because you, there's something going on in your life and um, there's something that you need God to give you a breakthrough for, I'm gonna be up here at the end, right here at the front. You just come and I'm gonna pray for you. And we're gonna pray together and believe for a breakthrough in your life. And so as you're singing this song, I want you to prepare yourself for that moment and say, God, I, I need a breakthrough in my mind. I need it in my heart. I need it in my relationship. I need it in my family. I need it in my body. I need healing, Lord. I need a breakthrough in one way or another. Lord, I need you to come through for me and for my family. I need you to come through for my friend. I need you to come through in a way that I know only you can. And so I'm gonna give you what I can. I'm gonna come with my best gifts. I'm gonna come with my life. And I'm gonna offer my life to you. And I'm gonna ask you to have a breakthrough moment with me. As you do that, God will respond to your faith. He'll respond to you. And I believe that God will do what you have asked. And so we'll do that. And then if anybody wants to come and help me to pray for people that you can do that with me. So let's pray. Father, thank you for every person that is here and for the way that you've just um, filled your house with people who wanted to rejoice for Christmas and rejoice at your birth. I thank you that you are doing some incredible things in their life already and that you have been faithful to them over the course of their life in ways that have been seen and unseen, understood and not yet understood. 
but I do believe that today, oh God, you're going to do something new for each of us. And, and for each of them, Lord, as we have sang these songs and as we celebrated communion, as we listened to your word, as we experienced breakthroughs, Lord, you, you provided for Jesus and his family. And I know that you're gonna provide for us. You led the wise men to experience great joy and you're gonna lead these men and women to experience that joy in your presence as well. Thank you for that, Lord. We pray this as we close out this year in just a few days, we give it to you, Lord. We give you our lives and we anticipate blessings and breakthroughs. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.